Welcome to Our Love Ministries, where this is a Holy Spirit-led podcast. Good day to you. My name is Claire Carter, and I'm your host on this journey of becoming a disciple of Christ. The word I'd like to share with you all today is, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. So let's go to the Father in prayer. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you that this is a day that you have made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. Thank you for your blessed son, Jesus. Thank you for the Holy Spirit that resides inside of us, leading, guiding us to walk in your path, to walk in your way. And we say thank you. Thank you for every listener out there, Father. Whatever their need might be, Lord, I ask that you show up and show out to them, Father. I pray that their hearts are touched by your word today, Lord, because you said that your word does not go out void. I pray that their minds are renewed in you, Christ Jesus, as they open up to receive you into their hearts on this day. And we thank you for all things. If it's healing, Father God, I pray that they know to come to you. If it's deliverance, Father God, I pray that they know to come to you because it's by your blood we are set free from these things. And we thank you and we honor and praise and glorify you because you are truly worthy of it all. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. The word never means at no time in the past or future, on no occasion, not ever. Leave means to go away from and forsake means to renounce or give up, abandon. So today we're going to read in Hebrews chapter 13. I'm going to read out of the New Living Translation. It states, keep on loving each other as brothers and sisters. Don't forget to show hospitality to strangers, for some who have done this have entertained angels without realizing it. Remember those in prison as if you were there yourself. Remember also those being mistreated as if you felt their pain in your own bodies. This is where the intercessory prayer comes in. That's a spiritual gifting. So the word of God is telling us to make sure we keep on loving each other. And not to forget to show hospitality, you know, opening the door for someone, um, being kind to someone. If someone drops something, helping helping out by picking it up, whatever that might be, might mean or, or look like at the time, showing hospitality, showing kindness. And it says for some of us have entertained angels without realizing it. There might have been a time where you've seen someone just the one time you were able to help them out the one time and never seen them again. And we don't know that if we're entertaining angels or not so we just need to be mindful of one another it says remember those in prison and remember those who are being mistreated and as we feel others others having pain and what we need to do as we see and feel these things to to be in a prayer time for them we'll go over the intercessory prayer at another time but um just in a light form of going over it intercessory is when you stand in the gap basically for someone to pray for someone that possibly um can't even pray for themselves verse 4 it tells us to give honor to marriage and remain faithful to one another in marriage god will surely judge people who are immoral and those who commit adultery Don't love money. Be satisfied with what you have. For God has said, I will never fail you. I will never abandon you. That says in his word, he says in his word, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I will never fail you. I will never abandon you. That means that God will at no time in the past or the future on no occasion, not ever leave or go away from you, abandon, renounce, or give up on you. 
So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper, so I will have no fear. What can mere people do to me? When we are so concerned with the ways of this world, instead of staying in the alignment of God, we have to understand that people can say things, people can try to do things, but God covers us. When we walk in his ways, God covers us with his his clothing. He covers us with his armor. He covers us with his love. He covers us with his blood. Verse 7, remember your leaders who taught you the word of God. Think of all the good that has come from their lives and follow the example of their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So do not be attracted by strange new ideas. Your strength comes from God's grace, not from rules about food which don't help those who follow them. Any new age, any ideas that will redirect you from the word of God, anything that anyone's trying to pull you away from God's word, when you know the word and you know the truth for yourself and they try to mislead you and say, oh, no, 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 that's not this. And it's okay to do this and it's okay to do that. But with the word of God, in the word of God, it tells us that we're not to engage into those things. We're not supposed to do those things. So stand strong in the word of God. Know the word of God for yourself so you are not misled. We have had an altar from which the priest in the tabernacle have no right to eat. Under the old system, the high priest brought the blood of animals into the holy place as a sacrifice for sin, and the bodies of the animals were burned outside the camp. So also Jesus suffered and died outside the city gates to make his people holy by means of his own blood. So let us go out to him outside the camp and bear the disgrace he bore. For this world is not our permanent home. We are looking forward to a home yet to come. And that's the truth. We're, we're foreigners here. We're only here for a short while, however long that might be, however long that we might have here on this earth. It could be five years, it could be two minutes, it could be 68 years or 89 years, it could be 106 years. But that's the short time compared to the eternity that we will either spend in heaven or hell. And eternity is a long time, so I want to encourage you to give your life to Christ. I want to encourage you to walk the walk, be in the love and the light of Jesus Christ. Walk the narrow path. The ways of this world only lead to destruction. And to live in eternity for hell is a really long time. Verse 15, therefore let us go offer through Jesus a continual sacrifice of praise to God, proclaiming our allegiance to his name. And don't forget to do good and share with those in need. These are the sacrifices that please God. Obey your spiritual leaders and do what they say. Their work is to watch over your souls and they are accountable to God. Give them reason to do this with joy and not sorrow. That would certainly not be for your benefit. Pray for us for our conscience is clear and we want to live honorably in everything that we do. And especially pray that I will be able to come back to see you soon. And then Paul ends the letter here and it says, Now may the God of peace who brought up from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of his sheep, and ratified an eternal covenant with his blood. 
May he equip you with all you need for doing his will. May he produce in you through the power of Jesus Christ every good thing that is pleasing to him. To all glory, to him forever and ever. Amen. Amen. And that's amazing encouragement here today. Now may the God of peace, the God of peace, the God who rose Jesus from the dead, the great shepherd of us, the sheep, equip us. And how does he equip us with the word? How does he equip us when we open our hearts and minds to receive his word into our hearts, into our lives, into our finances and into our families? And then that peace becomes our lives. That peace becomes a life of Christ in and through us and that we may share with others. Amen. So may the God of peace. (laughs) I love that. Now may the God of peace. And yes, he is a God of peace. All glory to him forever and ever. Amen. So thank you so much for joining us today. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word that you will never leave us nor forsake us, Lord. That your word, it resides inside of us. That you are the omnipresent God. And Lord, how you are omnipresent to us is by us allowing the Holy Spirit to reside inside. By us reading your word and retaining your word inside of our hearts and our minds. That you always live inside of us. That we maintain our relationship with you by keeping you constantly on our mind, Father. Because you are of love and peace and not a God of war and destruction. So we love you and we thank you and we praise and honor you on this day. Thank you for the listeners. Thank you for the ones, Father, that are are leaning their ear closer and closer, leaning their hearts and minds closer and closer to you upon receiving the renewing of their hearts and minds. And we thank you for this. We love and honor and glorify you. Father, we thank you for this word. We thank you for the life that you've given to us. Thank you for blessing us. Thank you in advance for all things, Father God, because you expect things from us as in return we expect things from you, Father. But we don't want this to just be a take, take, take relationship, Father. It should be a give and take. So, Father, we give our lives to you today. Father, take us in your bosom. Raise us as your children, as your sheep. We thank you. We love and praise and honor you for you are truly worthy and wonderful in your glorious and precious name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. And if there's someone out there that wants to give their life to Christ today, today is such an awesome day to do it. Such a great day to give your life to Christ. Amen. How do you do that? How do you give your life to Christ? That's a great question. How we do that is by in Romans chapter 10 and verse 9 and instructs us. And it says that if we believe in our heart, If we believe in our heart and confess with our mouths that Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins and God raised him on the third day, then thou shalt be saved. And you're like, that's it? That's it? That's just the beginning. After you do that, you cry out and you give out all of your sins to Christ Jesus. Pour it on out to him. He knows, but you have to give it out to him. Give it over to him. And that's a process of healing. And once you've done that, continue to pray daily, to continue to have that conversation with Christ daily. Read your word, read the Bible, get into a Bible-believing, Holy Spirit-led Bible study. 
a group that's going to help encourage, help equip and edify you in Christ Jesus. Amen. And if you've done that today, to God be all the glory. It's the best decision you can make. And guess what? It even states in the word of God that angels in heaven rejoice with us today. So thank you, Father. Thank you. We encourage you to send us an email. Let us know that you've given your life to Christ. We would love to encourage you. Amen. You can do that at youareloveministries at yahoo.com. Youareloveministries at yahoo.com. Thank you so much. If there's anyone that has walked away from Christ, has given their life to Christ about 12 years old, maybe it was just a couple years ago, and you walked away, you found yourself walking back into the way of the world. Today's a great day to rededicate your life to Christ. Today's a great day to repent, which means to turn from your wicked ways and come back into the arms of Christ. And how do I do that, you say? You ask for forgiveness. You pray to God and and talk to him about all the sins and all the things you've done just as a first time being saved. And you ask for true forgiveness. And guess what? You live through Christ. You talk to him daily. You pray. You read your word. Get into a Bible. Believe in Holy Spirit. Live Bible study. And if today that's something you have done, to God be all the glory. Live your life out for Christ. Let him be that lamp unto your path. And we rejoice with you today. So to God be the glory. Thank you all so much for joining us. Remember, you can find us on the World Wide Web at youareloveministries.us. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. And also we have TikTok page. It is uh, You Are Love Ministries with Kingdom Clips. Thank you so much for joining us. Until next time, you are loved. Welcome to Our Love Ministries, where this is a Holy Spirit-led podcast. Good day to you. My name is Claire Carter, and I'm your host on this journey of becoming a disciple of Christ. Today, the word to go forth is, I have a Father. So let's turn to the Father in prayer. Gracious, Heavenly Father, glorious, wondrous, Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this day. We thank you so much for your blessed Son, Jesus. We thank you for the Holy Spirit that resides in us, that Lord you have kept your promise that you will never leave us nor forsake us. So we thank you, Lord, for providing the Holy Spirit for us. We thank you, Lord, for providing the guidance, providing the love, providing the healing, providing all things that we need because you are such a good, good father, a wondrous father, a wonderful father, a magnificent father. And we love you and we praise you and we honor you and give you glory because it is truly due unto you. Father, anyone out there listening today that is going through, Father, I ask for your hand of protection to be over them, over their minds, hearts, and bodies. Lord, you tell us that as we walk up righteously unto you, that you cover us, that you supply all of our needs. So Father, I pray that that one out there today Lord, that they're looking to you, that they're yearning for you, that they're surrendering, Lord, unto your will. And I thank you and I praise you. And Father, even though sometimes it seems so hard for us, I ask, Father God, that today they receive the courage in you. I ask today that they see the unfailing love that you have. My prayer is that eyes and hearts will be open to receive 
your greatness, Father God. We love and praise and honor you in Jesus' mighty and precious name. Amen. Many, 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 men. So we're going to read out of Isaiah 64 today. I'm reading out of the New Living Translation. Um, it's named I Have a Father because if, uh, as we're reading through these scriptures, just to embrace, just to behold how much God, our Father, loves us. And just as a father does, disciplines us, right? Because a father that doesn't love us will just let us do whatever we please and whatever pleases us and, and not him. And that's not the father that he is. He's a father that has good for us and not evil. He's a father that cares for us, a father that wants us to live an abundant life. That's why he sent his son, Jesus. Amen. So in Isaiah 64, I'm reading out of the New Living Translation. Oh, that you would burst from the heavens and come down. How the mountains would quake in your presence as fire causes wood to burn and water to boil. Your coming would make the nations tremble. Then your enemies would learn the reason for your fame. Verse three, when you came down long ago, you did awesome deeds beyond our highest expectations. And oh, how the mountains quaked. For since the world began, no ear has heard, no eye has seen a God like you, whose works for those who wait for him. Listen to that. What a wondrous God that we serve, an amazing God. He created all of these things for our pleasure. Think about this. God reigns in heaven. Why would he create an earth for himself? Why would he create trees and grass and waterfalls and beautiful mountains and beautiful night sky? Why would he create these things for himself when he doesn't see it from where he reigns? He doesn't enjoy the pleasures of it from where he reigns, but he is such a loving God. He is such a loving father that he provides these things for us. And it says that he works for those who wait for him, meaning that we need to wait on him, to wait for him. So instead of us going forth in our own, right, in our own desires, in our own instructions, and in our own ways, we look to him for guidance and he pulls through for us. So verse five, it says, you welcome those who gladly do good, you who follow godly ways, but you have been very angry with us for we are not godly. We are constant sinners. How can people like us be saved? So in these verses, it's a recognition. You know, most of us think, oh, we're just so great and we're so wonderful and we're good people. Being good and that's what's going to get us into heaven. No, it's following godly ways, not goodly ways. Anyone can do good. It states in the word of God that even a father that's of evil, he wouldn't give his child bad things. He's still going to be good to his child. But goodness from us does not get us into heaven. What gets us into heaven is by being saved by the blood of Christ Jesus. To acknowledge who Christ Jesus is, that he died on the cross for our sins. And God loved us so much. And that's why John 3, 16 is so important for us to know. 
For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Amen. So you welcome those. God says uh, in verse 5, God welcomes those who are gladly to do the godly ways. We're following the godly ways. We're not just being good people. We're following the godly ways. So verse six, it says, we are all infected and impure with sin. When we display our righteous deeds, they are nothing but filthy rags. Like autumn leaves, we wither and fall and our sins sweep us away like the wind. So that's what that means with the goodness. Even when we do our best work that we can pat our own selves on the back. I helped someone cross the street. I fed someone that was in need of food. I clothed someone that was in need of clothes. I uh, clothes. I, I uh, gave shelter to someone that needed shelter. Those are all good things. But if we do all these good things without having Jesus as our savior, they're all void. They're all null. Again, being a good person does not get you into heaven. We're all sinners. We're all sinners. We're here one day and gone tomorrow. So it doesn't matter the greatness that you've done. You can win a Nobel Peace Prize. I've said it before. Guess what? You will only be remembered by maybe a handful of people. You might be remembered in the um, Hall of Fame. But we're here and we're gone. And you can no longer do any good works, right? It's again about the salvation of Christ Jesus, not about doing good things. Verse seven, yet no one calls on your name or pleads with you for mercy. Therefore you have turned away from us and turned us over to our sins. And yet, O Lord, you are our father. We are the clay and you are the potter. We all are formed by your hand. Look at this. When we are in our sin, when we are so infested with our sin, uh, I shared this before and I'm going to share it again. When we've done a sin one time, right? Maybe we've stolen something, stolen something little and we got away with it. That first time it was that rush, that fear. Oh no, I shouldn't be doing this. And you do it and you get away with it. Instead of feeling sorrowful, instead of feeling repentant, oh, I don't want to do that again. God, that was against you. There's some of us that think, oh, well, I got away with that. Let's see what else I can get away with. And so it goes from something small to something big. It might be stealing a quarter from someone one day. It might be stealing two or three dollars and then it can escalate into becoming a bank robber one day. Why? Because you have led your life into the sin. You did not call on the name of God. You did not ask for repentance, did not ask for forgiveness. Lord, please forgive me. I am so sorry that I took those two dollars. I will never do that again. Father, please forgive me. And we're not turning away from the sin. And so then God says, okay, you enjoy that sin so much. That sin has dominion over you. That sin is your God. I will be here waiting for you. And we actually turn ourselves to that sin. And that sin becomes our God because that sin is bigger than God, our heavenly father, because we look to that sin. We are pleased by that sin, whatever it is. It could be sex. It could be alcohol. It could be drugs. It could be um, pornography. It could be 
whatever uh stealing it could be adultery it could um thou shalt not kill whatever it is that we're going against god's word that thing becomes our god instead of the true and living god our heavenly father and he is the clay he has formed us in the likeness of him he's formed us in his image and that does not mean that we're going to have brown hair and brown eyes that doesn't mean that our hair texture is going to be the same as jesus that doesn't mean we physically look like him it means that we're made in his image that means a likeness of so continuing on in verse 8 it says please don't be so angry with us, Lord. Please don't remember our sins forever. Look at us. We pray and see that we are all your people. So they're recognizing. They're recognizing to say, God, you created us to be yours. You've created us in the likeness of you. Please don't be mad at us. Please, Lord, don't destroy us. Lord, please don't look at our sins forever. Verse 10, it says, your holy cities are destroyed. Zion is a wilderness. Yes, Jerusalem is a desolate ruin and all the things of beauty are destroyed. After all this, Lord, you must still refuse to help us? Question mark. Will you continue to be silent and punish us? Question mark. Now, let me tell you something. I had to learn this from my husband. <laughs> my daughter did something one day and happened at school and I was very upset about it oh boy was I so upset and my first reaction was to not spare the rod right I, I really wanted to go in with the rod on her to be honest because I was so upset and so disappointed of what she did I was so angry and I had to leave work to pick her up from school because she wasn't allowed to ride the bus and I was fumigating I was so agitated I was so angry and I was like when I see her I'm just gonna yell at her and I'm just gonna oh I'm just so mad and and my husband said to me babe don't say anything on the ride home just pick her up don't even say anything when you get to the school just don't say anything the whole way home and I said I can't do that that's gonna drive me crazy and he said, no, that's going to be a bigger punishment for her than for you to actually yell. And I was like, what? I was like, I need this to make sense because our silence can be more disturbing when you, you're hearing from, and it made sense to me after I thought about it, you know, of course, because I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm just going to yell at her. And so when I'm yelling at her, that's showing her the attention. That's, that's the response that she's expecting from me. But when I became silent towards her, the whole ride home, and it was like a 15 minute ride home, the whole ride home and it was so quiet and dead silence, she became more fearful because she's like, whoa, mom's not yelling at me, mom's not talking to me, what is gonna happen? It was making her mind think. And so when the Lord was silent towards them, all these things are going through their mind. Uh, Lord, do you refuse to help us? Will you continue to be silent and punish us? That was punishment enough not to hear the voice of God, not to hear instruction, not to hear direction, not to hear guidance from him. That was punished enough because when you are so used to having, you know, just like with my daughter, she's so used to having me there comforting or talking to her, being there for her, right? She's expecting that. 
and then all of a sudden I shut down that was such a big punishment for her and it made her cry and made her even feel um you know resentful and and upset for what she has done sorrowful for what she's done because she realized the disappointment she realized how upsetting what she did uh, took place and so she became repentant of it and so that's what the lord and he becomes silent and all of a sudden our minds and our hearts are like lord where are you at what's going on that's big enough punishment right so we could actually stop there reading Isaiah 64, but I was like, no, no, I need more. I need more. I can't stop right there. <laughs> so reading on to Isaiah 65, the Lord says, I was ready to respond, but no one asked for help. I was ready to be found, but no one was looking for me. I said, here I am, here I am to a nation that did not call on my name. All day long, I opened my arms to a rebellious people but they follow their own evil paths and their own crooked schemes. All day long, they insult me to my face by worshiping idols in their sacred gardens. They burn incense on pagan altars. At night, they go out among the graves, worshiping the dead. They eat the flesh of the pigs and make stews with the other forbidden fruit foods. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> so God is saying here to us, <clears throat> Excuse me. I was ready to respond, but no one asked for help. So who are we actually calling on? Are we calling on the idols? Are we calling on the lottery tickets? Are we calling on, uh, and I'm saying lottery tickets, I'm saying alcohol, I'm saying sex, I'm saying money. Why? Because we look to these things to suffice our needs, to fulfill our needs. If we think we could just win the lottery, all these things that we can do. No, if we just turn to God, he can provide things for us, the things that we actually need, the things that are going to fulfill our needs, the things that are not going to harm us, but are going to exalt us, right? And for his glory. And, and God is saying, I'm here. Why are you running to those things? Why are you going to burn incense? Why are you going to worship these things? Why are you going to play the lottery and make that your God? Why are you going to smoke those drugs? Why are you going to drink that alcohol? Why? Because you think that those things will fulfill your need. They might feel a flesh temporary need, but they will not fulfill the everlasting need that you have. And that's in Christ Jesus. That's in our heavenly father. And you say, oh, well, you don't know anything about it because it's hard. Yes, it's hard. And yes, I do know about it. Maybe my, my God wasn't the same God as yours, but it was definitely a God other than my heavenly father. And I looked to that thing and God says, I'm here. But I kept looking to that thing. So I know I had to break away, but it wasn't by my strength. It was by the strength of the Lord, because when I came to him, that's why Jesus says, come as you are. I came broken. I came torn. I came as a filthy rag. And he is the one that cleansed me and he turned my life around. He gave me different, a different way to think that I, I think of life and having life more abundantly. I don't think about the material things and what can I have better than somebody else? Those things don't matter to me. My needs are being met. Praise the Lord. I, I was homeless and I have a roof over my head. I barely had food to eat and I have food in my belly. And God has always been my provider. I was just looking to the wrong things to get me what I needed instead of God. 
So verse five, it says, yet they say to each other, don't come too close or you will defile me. I'm holier than you. These people are a stench to my nostrils, a smell that never goes away. So God's saying, you know, don't think that you're better than somebody else. Just because you're worshiping the lottery and someone's worshiping alcohol, someone's worshiping pornography and someone's worshiping adultery and someone's worshiping homosexuality. And it's just not because it's not your sin that you're worshiping. You think you're better than them. Not so. God says that is a stench to his nostrils. Verse six, look at my decrees. It's written out in front of me. I will not stand silent. I will repay them in full. Yes, I will repay them both for their own sins and for their ancestors, says the Lord. For they also burn incense on the mountains and insulted me on the hills. I will pay them back in full, but I will not destroy them all, says the Lord. For just as good grapes are found among a cluster of bad ones, so I will not destroy all of Israel, for I still have true servants there. I will preserve a remnant of the people of Israel, of Judah, to possess my land. Those I choose will inherit it, and my servants will live there. The plain of Sharon will again be filled with flocks from my people who have searched for me, and the valley of Anchor will be a place of pasture herds. But because the rest of you have forsaken the Lord and have forgotten his temple, and because you have prepared feasts to honor the God of faith, fate, and the God offer mixed to the wine God of destiny, now I will destine you for the sword. All of you will bow down before the executioner. For when I called, you did not answer. When I spoke, you did not listen. You deliberately sinned before my very eyes and chose to do what you know I despise. And so God's saying, you know, and I'm so grateful because Jesus came, right? He gave Jesus as his only begotten son so we could be saved. So now we don't have to carry what the sins were from, from our ancestors. So remember, this is in Isaiah. So it's before Jesus came. Jesus showed up on the scene on earth. <laughs> and um, so God is saying, hey, you look to destiny. You look to fate. You know, when people say, oh, it was faith that did that. Not faith. Fate, F-A-T-E. It was fate that did that. This was my destiny. When we say those things, no, it's to God be all the glory. It's a divine intervention of God. It's a divine meeting of God. It's whatever it is from God. When we're looking and saying that it was fate that brought us together, it was destiny that brought us together. No, those things are invincible, uh, invisible, excuse me. They're not real things. God is real. He says, but you look to these, you speak to these things and you do these things knowing that it's against me. And so in verse 13, it says, therefore, this is what the sovereign Lord says. My servants will eat, but you will starve. My servants will drink, but you will be thirsty. My servants will rejoice, but you will be sad and ashamed. My servants will sing for joy, but you will cry in sorrow and despair. Your name will be accursed among my people for the sovereign Lord will destroy you and will call his true servants by another name. All who invoke a blessing or take an oath will do so by God of truth. For I will put aside my anger and forget the evil of earlier days. Verse 17. Look, I'm creating a new heaven and new earth and no one will ever think about the old ones anymore. Be glad. Rejoice forever in my creation and look, I will create Jerusalem as a place of happiness. Her people will be a source of joy. I will rejoice over Jerusalem and delight in my people and the sound of weeping and crying will be heard no more. 
Amen. When this new Jerusalem comes, this new heaven on earth, uh, not heaven on earth, excuse me, when this new heaven comes down, God says, verse 20, no longer will babies die when they're a few days old. No longer will adults die before they have lived a full life. No longer will people be considered old at a hundred. Only the cursed will die that young. And those days people will live in the houses they built and eat the fruit of their own vineyards. Unlike the past, invaders will not take their house and confiscate their vineyards. For my people will live as long as trees and my chosen ones will have time to enjoy their hard won gains. They will not work in vain and their children will not be doomed to misfortune for they are people blessed by the Lord and their children will be blessed too. The Lord tells us in verse 24, I will answer them before even call to me. I'm sorry. I will answer them before they even call to me while they are still talking about their needs. I will go ahead and answer their prayers. The lion and the lamb will feed together. The lion will eat hay like a cow, but snakes will eat dust. In those days, no one will be hurt or destroyed on my holy mountain. I, the Lord, have spoken. And so God comes back to them as they're whining and crying out to him. Oh God, oh God, will you turn? And God says, no, look, I just want you to turn from your wicked ways. I want you to turn from these idols that you're worshiping. They are mere statues. They are mere names. They are mere invisible things that cannot do any good for you. They're, they're made out of stone. They're made out of materials, but I am the Lord, your God. He's saying that I can provide all of your needs. He's telling us that he is a God almighty before we can even think that we have a need. He's going to meet it. Let me tell you, God is a provider of all things, little, small, and great. Let me tell you, I'm so grateful to God because we have, uh, I have experienced that, you know, even in the little things, like I said, one day I was delivering food, um, to someone that was in need and there were three boxes and I, I was going myself and I thought, oh my goodness, how am I going to, like, as I'm driving over there, I'm like, oh my goodness, how am I going to bring all these boxes up to this person? Because I can only lift a certain amount, um, of weight. And so I was like, all right, God, I know you're going to work it out. I pull up to the building and this gentleman comes out and he goes, hi, may I help you? And he's like, I live here. I mean, he just walked out. Like I didn't go and ask for anybody. He literally was standing by the door and he said he was about to go on his walk. And then he looked and wanted to know if I need any help. And I said, well, praise God. Yes, I do. Do you have a card or anything? He says, no, but I can pull it all. I can lift it all. I can help you. We can make one trip. And I was like, oh, praise God. So we made one trip and I was like, thank you, Lord. Even in the little things, you know, even in the little things, he, he answers the prayers. And I'm just so grateful when we're walking in his will, we're walking in his word. We're walking into his righteousness. Do we trip sometimes? Absolutely. But guess what? He picks us up. We don't stay there. We don't sit there and mope. We don't sit there and, and sit down forever and never get get back up. No, we look to him for the strength, ask for forgiveness and his strength to lift us back up. And he does because he's a loving father and he knows our hearts. So heavenly father, thank you so much for this day. Thank you to know that you are such a good, good father. Thank you to know that Lord, you are hearing us. Lord, you say in your word that you will provide our needs before we can even think that we have a need to be met. 
God, we love you so much as we walk righteously unto you. How do we do that, Lord? How do we do that? That's by reading and studying your word to get a closer relationship with you. That, Lord, you tell us is by spending time in your presence, Lord. It is by doing your will. It is by seeking your face. It is being obedient unto the Holy Spirit when he speaks to us. It's about putting all other things aside and getting into the quietness of you so we can hear you, Lord. Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you. You make it so plain for us all throughout your word. It tells us how to have a closer relationship with you. It tells us all through your word, how much you take care of your people. Father, your chosen people, the ones Lord that want to give their life that Christ came for us to live life and life more abundantly. Those that understand that, those that receive that, those that have open the hearts to receive Christ Jesus in and now live the life out. We're not the same person we used to be. You have changed us. You have molded us because you are the potter and we are the clay. And we thank you and we love you and we praise you because you're worthy to be praised. You are holy, holy, holy. You are Lord God almighty. And I thank you for this day, Lord. I thank you for this word. I thank you for us to know that you love us tremendously that you love us and you continuously give us an opportunity every day that you allow us to wake up. That is the day of opportunity, Lord, that we can give our lives to you, that we can repent for what we've done, that we can tell somebody else about your love so they can receive you, Christ Jesus. I thank you. I love you. I glorify you. I praise you, Father God. We praise you, Father God. We love you, Lord God. We thank you, Father God. We know that you are a God that answers prayers. Father God, the saying is, Uh, Prayer changes things, but Father, it's not that you change, Lord, you stand true. It's that you change our hearts, Father, to receive your will. And we thank you and we love you and we bless your name for you're worthy of it all. In Jesus' glorious and mighty name, amen, amen, amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much. If you haven't given your life to Christ today, it's always a great day to do so. And you say, well, how do I do that? That's a great question. What you do is you open your heart up. You open your heart, not just your mouth. In Romans chapter 10, verse 9, it tells us that if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that Christ Jesus died on the cross for our sins and God, our Heavenly Father, raised him from the dead on the third day, thou shalt be saved. It doesn't end there, though. What happens next? You need to confess your sins to the Lord. You need to cry out to him. Let him know all the things that you have done. And you say, but he's God. He's supposed to know these things. And yes, he does. But it's a freedom for us. Once we release those sins to him, it's a freedom for us. And he will restore us and renew us. And he will fill us with the fruits of his spirit. And then it doesn't end there. No, no. You want to study your word daily. Get into a Bible-believing, Holy Spirit-led study where they're going to teach you the word of God, breaking down the scriptures, understanding the scriptures. That is not something that's just being read to you, but as you're in a discussion and learning so you can grasp and understand truly how good the Lord is and how much he loves you. If you decided to do that day, to do this today, to God be all the glory, the angels in heaven rejoice and hallelujah. We rejoice with you as well. This is the best decision you could ever make because God has so many benefits. Amen. 
Thank you all so much for joining us. If you have given your life to Christ, please email us. We would like to continue to help strengthen you and encourage you in your walk with Jesus. You can email us at youarelovedministries at yahoo.com. And that's Y-O-U-A-R-E-M-I-N-I-S-T-R-I-E-S at sign yahoo.com. Until next time, you are loved. Welcome to Your Love Ministries, where this is a Holy Spirit-led podcast. Good day to you. My name is Claire Carter, and I'm your host on this journey of becoming a disciple of Christ. Today, we're going to talk on Isaiah 41. So let's go to the Father in prayer. Gracious Heavenly Father, we cry out to you. We come to you crying out to you for the healing of the nations, Father God. We cry out for the people of Israel. We cry out for the Palestines. We cry out for the Hamas group. Lord, that they will change from their wicked ways, Lord, and turn to you. And Father, you tell us, then you will heal the land. So Father, I pray that each group looks to you to know that you are our Heavenly Father to know that it is by the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, that we are saved, that he is the true Messiah, the true Yeshua HaMashiach. Thank you to know that your word is true. Thank you to know, Lord, that you say that these things will come to pass. And thank you to know, Lord, that you are nigh. We love you, honor you. And Father, I just pray right now, those listeners out there, Lord, will feel encouragement, will receive your encouragement, will receive the comfort of you, Holy Spirit, that lives will be changed and people will receive salvation in Jesus, your mighty name. Amen. So I wanted to look in Psalm, uh, I keep saying Psalm, sorry, Isaiah 41. And Isaiah 41 is titled as God's help for Israel. And it says, listen in silence before me, you lands beyond the sea. Bring your strongest arguments. Come now and speak. The court is ready for your case. Who has stirred up this king from the east, rightly calling him to God's service? Who gives this man victory over many nations and permits him to trample their kings underfoot? With his sword, he reduces armies to dust. With his bow, he scatters them like chaff before the wind. He chases them away and goes on safely, though he is walking over unfamiliar ground. Who has done such mighty deeds, summoning each new generation from the beginning of time? It is I, the Lord, the first and the last. I alone am he. The lands beyond the sea watch in fear. Remote lands tremble and mobilize for war. The idol makers encourage one another, saying to each other, Be strong. The carver encourages the goldsmith, and the molder helps too at the anvil. Good, they say. It's coming along fine. Carefully they join the parts together, then fasten the thing in place so it won't fall over. But as for you, Israel, 
my servant, Jacob, my chosen one, descended from Abraham, my friend. I have called you back from the ends of the earth, saying, You are my servant, for I have chosen you and will not throw you away. Don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. See, all your angry enemies lie there, confused and humiliated. Anyone who opposes you will die and come to nothing. You will look in vain for those who try to conquer you. Those who attack you will come to nothing. For I hold you by your right hand, I the Lord your God, and I say to you, don't be afraid, I am here to help you. Though you are a lowly worm, O Jacob, don't be afraid, people of Israel, for I will help you. I am the Lord, your Redeemer. I am the Holy One of Israel. You will be a new threshing instrument with many sharp teeth. You will tear your enemies apart, making shaft of mountains. You will toss them into the air, and the wind will blow them all away. A whirlwind will scatter them. Then you will rejoice in the Lord. You will glory in the Holy One of Israel. When the poor and needy search for water and there is none, and their tongues are parched from thirst, then I, the Lord, will answer them. I, the God of Israel, will never abandon them. I will open up rivers for them on the high plateaus. I will give them fountains of water in the valleys. I will fill the desert with pools of water. Rivers fed by springs will flow across the parched ground. I will plant trees in the barren desert, cedar, acacia, myrtle, myrtle, olive, cypress, fir, and pine. I am doing this so all who see this miracle will understand what it means, that it is the Lord who has done this, the Holy One of Israel who created it. Present the case for your idols, says the Lord. Let them show what they can do, says the King of Israel. Let them try to tell us what happened long ago so that we may consider the evidence or let them tell us what the future holds so we can know what's going to happen. Yes, tell us what will occur in the days ahead. Then we will know you are gods. Then we will know, in fact, do anything, good or bad. Do something that will amaze and frighten us. But no, You are less than nothing and can do nothing at all. Those who choose you pollute themselves. But I have stirred up a leader who will come from the north. I have called him by name from the east. I will give him victory over kings and princes. He will trample them as potter treads on clay. Who told you from the beginning that this would happen? Who predicted this, making you admit that he was right? No one said a word. I was the first to tell Zion, look, help is on the way. I will send Jerusalem a messenger with good news. Not one of your idols told you this. Not one gave any answer when I asked. See, they are all foolish, worthless things. All your idols are as empty as the wind. And so God is showing his mighty power here. He's he's stating it, that he is the beginning, he is the end. He's stating here that it has been prophesied to the people through prophecy. And the prophecy has been fulfilled through the prophets, through the Holy 
living, truthful word of God, we have evidence to this day. To this day, we have evidence that God is mighty. God is powerful. He's stating in here, these these small GODs that are idolized and that are worshipped, he called them out and said, hey, state your case. What can you do? Do something good. Do something bad. Do something and always kept silent because of the things that people idolize. They're kept silent and they're blown away as the wind. We are to know that God is mighty. God is powerful. He is the God of Israel. He is the King of Kings and Lord of Lords who had sent his son, Yeshua Hamashiach. Jesus the Christ, Jesus, the anointed one, Jesus, the Messiah. And I wanted to read also a commentary in regards to uh, Isaiah 41. And this is for encouragement for all people, the people of Israel, the people that are, have given their life to Christ that are now Christians. Um, And it says here, God has chosen them to be a peculiar people to himself. They were the seed of Abraham, his friend. God had not yet cast them away, though they had often provoked him, and therefore he would not now abandon them. What God has done for his people and what he has further engaged to do should encourage them, should encourage us to trust him at all times. That though their enemies be now very formidable, insolent, and severe, yet the day is coming when God will reckon with them and they shall triumph over them. God himself will be nigh unto them in all that which they call upon him for. Let all the praying people of God take notice of this and take comfort of it. He has said, I the Lord will hear them, will answer them. I the God of Israel will not forsake them. I will be with them as I have always been in their distresses. While we are in the wilderness of this world, This promise is to us what the pillar of cloud and the fire was to Israel, an assurance of God's gracious presence is to us. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us. Until next time, you are loved.